Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to the podcast of the nerd. I'm Ian. Ah, how are you? Are you okay? It feels like, um, feels like such a silly question during certain ridiculous times, but I mean, the implied meaning, um, of that question is that I hope that you are. And if you're not, I hope you will be soon. And we all stop living in a dystopia real soon. I always thought one of the necessary characteristics of a dystopia was that we all think this is normal. While the building is on fire around us. This is fine. But, yeah, normal this does not feel. However, um, as and as ever, I don't believe that my part to play in all of this is to comment on the outside. And regardless, whenever I feel like things in the world around me are spinning, the first thing that I reach for are the things I can control. My actions, my heart, my growth, and that is what this podcast has always been about. Um, you know, so in the face of so much insanity... Talking about the granular and the daily mundane feels a little insane, but in an insane world, that's kind of a meaningless measurement anyway. So yeah, well, let's just uh, let's just have a conversation today on the podcast. I've got something a little, little bit different for you. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my week and talk to you about the Shindig video. But after that, I recorded a conversation with a friend of mine that I'm going to share with you. Uh, my friend Ryan. Ryan and I have been best friends for 25 years or so now, and we are the type of best friends that are, for some reason, are always trying to challenge each other, encourage each other. Um, we used to be, uh, not for some reasons, I mean, that that's friends, but you know, like, there's a pantheon of friends, right? There's a, there's a wide um, spectrum of types of friends, and I, I very much value... Um, you know, types of friendships across the spectrum, including, uh, maybe not lately, but including the enabler. I love having enabler friends. Yes, buy the van, drink, do it. Um, but Ryan and I uh, are just a different type. We used to be competitive, but at some point along the way, it just kind of switched to this, I mean, it sounds silly, but if there's a persistent driving question we both kind of live by, it would seem to me it would be... How do we be better men? Um, and anyway, about a month ago, I asked him if he wanted to make a list of challenges we could do. Um, we, do we both kind of brainstorm things of things to do on a daily basis. And then we pick a couple at random and do them for a month. And he said, okay. That's really it. He says, okay. So we did, and uh, we finished the first month. I, showed, I thought I would share with you our results in this conversation and our picks uh, for the next month worth of challenges. And for me, I mean, we'll get into it in the uh, conversation, but, uh, you know, it's less about the thing we're doing itself, and it's more about the act of attempting to do something every day. And... Um, um, developing, you know, sort of grappling with that inner voice of, I don't want to, 
um, especially with one of the ones that that we chose to do for a month. And then uh, we get into picking the next ones, and uh, I don't know. I, it, Ryan knows me very well. I thought it would be interesting to um, share this with you. After that, I'm going to do another chapter from Terry Bota's fanfic. Oh, and I realized I started recording. I was just like, all right, I'm just going to I'm just gonna roll into the recording today. I'm not going to build it up. I'm not going to be like, no, oh, I'm all stage Friday. Ah, I'm just going to start recording. And of course, I had the wrong background up for the visual version. That's okay. That's okay. Um, after that, I'm going to do another uh, chapter from Terry Bota's fanfic, Here is Gone. I'm enjoying it tremendously. Last week, uh, actually, it's been about a week and a half. Things uh, were starting to get spicy. And I'm excited to get back to it. Um, by the way, I the last week, the last podcast I did was on a Wednesday. And then last week, I couldn't, you know, by Monday, there wasn't, I mean, the thing about this podcast is that I sit down and I say, well, what do I have to say? What do I have to say to my accountability buddies? Are there any stories, anything I need to share, anything I need to get off my chest? Things have been circulating around. And the time between the Wednesday that I published the podcast and now, or rather uh, last Wednesday, um, especially given taking two days off, I didn't have anything new to say. I suppose I could have recorded two... um, chapters. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll just do two chapters. It's okay. The podcast is a functional entity. It doesn't need to be an hour long every time. It could just be, hey, I'm good. We're, we're I'm fine. We're all fine here. How are you? And then we go from there. Um, We'll see. I mean, I'm, you know, I, it's funny, even like six years on now for doing this, I, I, I still feel myself on the verge of making a promise other than that I will continue to keep going you know oh I'll have that done but no no we're not there yet um anyway after that Terry Boda and um then we'll wrap up but today will probably be long I usually shoot for an hour we'll see what happens so, how have I been since last we talked? Um, shockingly pretty all right. Uh, and I feel a little badly saying that right now, but last time we talked, I told you I was going to start taking dedicated two days off a week. I was going to stop trying to stream all the video game playing I was doing, and I thought that with a little of that self-care, it could ripple into the work. Um, since then, I finished Batman Arkham Origins, Assassin's Creed Unity, which was wonderful, and I'm uh, partway through the first of the new Tomb Raiders, which is a lot of fun. I've been sleeping well, not during the week, but on the weekends. Um, there's something about giving yourself that permission. You know, if you have a day of procrastinating, if you have a day of grinding, but not feeling like you're getting much done or not getting enough done or whatever, that's not recuperative. It does not, it, you, by, uh, it's odd, but one of the necessary components to a successful weekend or a successful, uh, to any successful downtime is permission, at least for me, is having to give myself permission. Okay, I'm. Uh, this is just for me. I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to... And Monday when I came back, 
or um, I'm not sure how I worked it last week, but uh, when I came back after the weekend last week and then today, I feel the difference. I feel mentally more relaxed, just less anxious, um, so forth. But it's that it's that permission that's key. A day of procrastination is not a relaxing day. That's still a day spent boiling in all of the ingredients that are making up that soup you're stuck in. So, I don't know. So far, so good. I've uh, been sleeping well. Last week we did the, uh, Saturday we did the Patreon hangout discussion for Sanctuary, and a Mr. Tim Minear showed up to the stream, which was a big surprise. Um, uh, he was in the chat answering questions, which, you know... Uh, definitely. I, the 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 hangouts are stressful. You know, it's 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 good stress. You know, not all anxiety is bad. It's good. It's good stress. It's stress that I choose. Where there's, I know there's a certain number of people on the YouTube stream, and then having the conversation with everyone in the chat, and make, I want to make sure that everyone who shows up feels comfortable and listened to and has enough time. But you know, I also want to keep the conversation moving and yada yada yada. Moderator duties, right? I'm sure um, a teacher deals with that kind of thing on, uh, on a daily basis, which is sort of like coordinating the class, keeping things interesting, having a conversation. I don't use that term uh, for our episode discussion. Anyway, um, having Tim show up was freaking cool. Um, and I, of course, wanted to um, read and engage in all the questions, but, it, you know, it's also just like, there's a lot, a lot, there's a lot going on. So it was neat. It was very neat. Um, yeah, forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> this is why we have an outline. Um, still, as much as I love the Patreon hangouts, the discussions and strange, interesting things happen that I'm very grateful for, um, it's a, that's a long week. Uh, the, the stream itself may, you know, I'm on camera for only three and a half hours, but then there's the prep, um, for the day leading up to it. There's the coming down from it. So this week I took Sunday and Monday off. I feel good. I'm talking to you. And um, I don't know. Maybe there the, the video Shindig got done. Maybe there's a placebo effect from any of these changes that I make. The first week or two, at when, when I was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder, the first week or two after I was on medication were some of the most productive incredible weeks of work I've ever had. Um, and then a couple of weeks after that, and then a couple of weeks after that, it's like, it, it, it started to wane and it started to go away. And I started to realize that, you know, there, there's no magic. There's no, it's just the work, you know. And um, even if my attention normally is this, sprinklers spraying out in all directions and the medication makes it more of a, a fire hose, I still had to point the hose in the proper direction, you know, and that means starting the day properly, sitting down, getting the journal open, planning out the day, uh, planning writing sessions and spr sprints and just getting things done. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But um, I feel good. Last week, got the Shindig video finished. Um interesting video. I think, uh, um, in terms of, 
I mean, Jane Espenson's stuff is so whimsical, and, and I I have not watched her her um, her new show. Actually, I I don't think I've watched many. I I didn't watch Law or I have watched Lost, but I haven't watched Twenty Four. I watched a lot of the stuff um, that everyone went on to do, but um, yeah, that. Uh, the Firefly videos are always a collaboration between myself and my friend Jess, and this time I reached out to Lonnie for some Jane Austen info, and she provided great notes that all pretty much made it in. Um, It's interesting how collaborative the uh, Firefly episode guides are, but I don't know how long it's going to take me to learn the lesson, right? That's the same thing we talk about after every episode guide, every script, every recording. Shindig, before I started writing, felt like a very light episode that I wouldn't get a lot out of in the script. Um, I mean, I I enjoy it. Um, um, It's a wonderful episode. But in terms of writing about it, I, 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 I felt like the episode guide, the video that I would come up with, was going to be kind of a nothing burger. And... Yet, um, the video is 20 minutes long. Jess found the can symbol, which once we settled on that, kind of unlocked the conversation of everything that was going on in the episode. And Lonnie's Austin notes were wonderful. And then me kind of piecing the whole thing together and finding a rhythm and a symmetry and a pace and all of that. Um, I think it's a really good video, and it's 20 minutes. You know, I was worried about hitting 10. But there's just no substitute for the work. My hypothesis with the toolbox fallacy was that most reservations for getting anything done, at least for me, relate to fear of failure. And trying to answer every question about a piece of writing before you even start is a manifestation of the same damn problem. It won't be good unless I know where I'm going before I start writing. And that just isn't the case. Um, I think outlines are good. i am been working on the novel, too, uh, the past couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to have Lonnie on, hopefully next week, um, to kind of discuss uh, phase two. We finished phase one of uh, the novel process she talked about. So um, that'll be in a week. But, uh, you know, I'm working off a very strict outline for that. The episode guides have a framework. There's the, A framework is a good thing. But, you know, any I, I, I just don't know what's under the marble until I start chipping away. And it's one of the weirdest things about everything that we've talked about on here. How motivation and clarity happens after the action begins. You know... If I wait until I'm motivated to go running, I'm probably not going to go running. I, you know, But if I schedule the time, I put my running clothes out, I put them on, I get out the door, about 10 minutes afterwards, I'm going to feel the motivation to keep running. And that occurs in writing and pretty much anything. This, you know, until I... Uh, until I actually hit the record button and start talking to you. I don't want to do it. The key is just I don't give my wants a vote that often. Uh, or I try not to. I try and... Um, 
you know, just say and then do. So, anyway, it's just it's just bizarre. And I hope you uh, I hope you enjoyed the video. Um, yeah. All right. Next, let's get to my chat with Sir Ryan. After that, I'll come back for the reading, and we'll wrap up. All right. So here I am with uh, my buddy Ryan, my longtime beau. Uh, Ryan, welcome to my little corner of the internet. Somebody. Hey. So, um, you're actually kind of famous to my community, right? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things I'm always uh, uh, talking about, the, the way the whole channel started was I wrote a video called, um, Why You Should Watch Buffy. And in the video, I talk about how tired I am of trying to get my friends <laughs> to watch this show that means so much to me that I that is so important that I that is that has been a big part of my early 30s at that point that I'm just gonna record my Buffy sermon and be done with it. And I thought, well, as I start doing the episode guide and as I start doing this, uh, maybe then it'll induce you know some of my best friends of which you are the bestest of friends, to actually sit down and watch the show. Uh -huh. And did that happen? Did yeah. anything I did yeah. have anything to do with you <laughs> sitting down and watching Buffy? Well, I don't know if you remember, but you actually physically sat me down and made me watch, I think, pretty much the entire first season of Buffy. Did I? Uh-huh. Well... Uh, I, yeah. uh, coincidentally, I have also quit drinking this year, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, it wasn't like Clockwork Orange, eyes peeled open, but well, we did, we sat down, we watched it, and uh, it, it wasn't great. Um, well, no, it's season one, it, it's not yeah. great. So, uh, you are actually now currently watching the show, what season are you on? <clears throat> Uh, which is the terrible season six? So we're on seven. You're on seven. That's, you know, yeah. that's so funny. The terrible season. Okay, so um, you're on season seven. I think we now know your opinion of season six. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, and so, and you're on Angel season four. Uh, what was mm. the, what was the actual thing that got you to sit down and start watching the shows start to finish? It was my wife. <laughs> Six years later. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to be done, really, so I could uh, en enjoy the anthology of, <laughs> of everything. Um, well, so, uh, you know, we're not here to talk about Buffy and Angel, but I just thought it was a, uh, it's a big part of my life personally, and having you actually sit down and watch it has been... A long time coming. Generally, yeah. um, feelings about the show, favorite season so far. Seems like you didn't enjoy um, season six. <clears throat> favorite big bad. Uh, well, for the record, I didn't want to watch Angel either in the beginning. Because um, <laughs> who wants to watch a, a knockoff show? But um, actually, I, I've been enjoying Angel, I think, a little bit more recently. Um, because... and. I think we talked about this. Like, it really all depends on what your day-to-day -day life looks like and what stress, how stress manifests for you. Um, and for me, uh, the <laughs> the uh, how I don't want to give any spoilers away, but 
season six was challenging and um angel kind of gave me a reprieve anyone listening to this podcast probably has watched all of buffy and angel but there's always exceptions all right um Yes, uh, season six is is the season of Buffy that I would say is closest to my heart, but cer- certainly <laughs> uh, running into it in the middle of a pandemic when you're kind of more interested in stress relief and you know uh, yeah, just kind I of mean, getting away. escapism. Some- it's not very escapism. escapist. No, no, it's kind I of mean, the opposite of. Escapist. I really enjoyed 100 percent hotter. To give you some context, <laughs> we were talking about trash TV earlier. And what is 100 percent hotter? Uh, where they get like 10 incredibly hot people in their early 20s who have a problem keeping it in their pants together on an island. They think they're there for like a sexcapade. Um, but it turns out that the challenge is to get to know another human without having sex or making out or groping. (laughs) And they all find out 12 hours in. Uh, it's great actually, because some of them do grow. Some of them are irredeemable. Um, but... Yeah. It's sort of the opposite of Buffy and Angel, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. hot. And is there anyone here that hasn't slept with each other? Well, uh, we kind of got a little little ahead of things. So um, uh, you're one of my besties. Um, you and I, ha- You and I have known each other for, um, well, we met when we were 16. And we're now old. <laughs> <laughs> more, more than... Half our lifetimes ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's been twenty something years, um, a good long time, and uh, almost a quarter of a century. Holy! <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're. Uh, by the way, uh, another thing I forgot to mention: you're currently recording in San Francisco. Very tough mm-hmm. to get the ideal um, audio circumstances in with city life. So uh, if you happen to hear a uh, hammering in the background. It is what it is. We uh, just had to uh, kind of pick the best time of day and go with it. Yep. Work from home life. Now, this podcast was something I started in December as, well, I'm always kind of looking for, ever since I quit um, my job and started uh, doing the channel full time, I'm always kind of trying experiments and, and um, looking for breakthroughs when it comes to productivity, work, so forth. And then I thought um, on a weekly basis, having kind of an accountability buddy uh, would help in me in getting work done. And so I thought, well, the audience could be that. And it has kind of morphed into this thing where I made a New Year's resolution list. One of them was write a novel, lose some weight, do a bunch of crazy things. And the podcast is really kind of about that. Mm. And so about a month ago... Yeah, you and I, uh, actually, at the beginning of this year, you and I started a little fitness group, um, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. And about a month ago, for no reason whatsoever, I reached out to you and I was like, you want to do like like 30-day challenges? I mean, we've done so many challenges over the years. Well, we've known each other so forever. Many. So, yeah. But um, I think we had some success with but our our the history of our attempts at being productive with each other is just littered with half attempts and halted uh attempts and um broken things but this fitness thing we did this year i kind of feel like we had some success with until uh pandemic time kind of rolled around and we all got stressed out and so forth 
Would you say that's true? Yeah. Well, you're talking about the whoop. Yeah, whoop. Whoop. Not hashtag not a sponsor, um, but I but whoop I'm down. Yeah, no, I've I've loved the whoop challenge. I think uh, what's interesting to me about it is that what you're asking why it was successful. Um, so it's a wearable array. It's you've got your software, you're tracking various metrics. Uh, there's two things that were interesting to me about it. One is that it tracks not only your heart rate but your heart rate variation, which is like a whole other conversation. Um, and the other thing was that it allows you to form groups and it shows the metrics of your friends in that group. Um, and that's kind of along the lines of the accountability, accountability. Um, and I actually, uh, early on got really into it and I was, I was trying to sell everyone I knew on it. <laughs> I was like, Hey, join me, join me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's a hard sell, I think. So there, there were two different approaches. We did it with um, two other people who were in our group. And there, I, I found we all kind of fell somewhere on the spectrum between uh, uh, thriving on competition with each other and thriving on supporting or being supported by each other. And I sort of ended up more on the side of, for me, tracking the numbers and um, reaching out to you guys and saying, like, here's where we're at and so forth. That kept me in it and motivated and so forth, even though I was regularly the caboose of the group, easily by a long shot. <laughs> um, when I had success with it, it was usually because of that and because of, you know, um, uh, support and so forth. Do you, do you personally thrive more off of competition or do you uh, off of uh which one, where would you say you ended up? Hmm. I mean, a little column A, column B. I like, I like a good competition. I think we found, like, when we do these challenges, I tend to get a little more competitive because that, that, <laughs> that motivates me. Um, but this last one we did, we, it wasn't competitive, and I think I got more into the, like, the tracking and the stats and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then... Corona happened, and we all sort of collectively just went, this seems like enough of a reason to, to... There are other things to worry about besides my whoop score for the week, yeah. which I think if um, anything is reasonable... Uh, by the way, there is someone uh, mowing uh, outside. So, again, we kind of do these things with we can, so sorry about the noise. Um you know, I think you and I have both, over time, uh, developed as as productivity addicts of a sort. Uh, I would say we're we're kind of recovering oh, yeah. productivity, productivity addicts. Nerd or geek? Yeah. Yeah. Um, neither of us were, let's say, awesome students. <laughs> <laughs> um. What, how would you describe our approach to homework and getting things done as teenagers? Well, I mean, as teenagers kind of just, well, I guess there are some teenagers who are really, uh, uh, who really go for it. I was not, I wouldn't call myself uh, an overachiever or a perfectionist. <laughs> it was kind of like get it done maybe sometimes. Yeah. So the, 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 the albatross that I regularly felt like I was dealing with as a high schooler and as a, um, a college student was underachiever. Um, mm. uh, someone with a lot of potential and who did really well in the classes that I loved. 
like um, we took this class called uh, commercial art. Commercial uh, arts. Yeah, it was a two-year vocational course in high school. Yeah, that was actually where we met. Uh, we learned Photoshop, the Adobe Suite. Uh, that was when I started video editing. I learned uh, Adobe Premiere. Um, I spent every hour I could in that class. And, you know, theater and so forth. But then there's German and algebra and those other ones where it was, um, to me, doing homework was felt a little bit like trying to remove layers of skin uh, with a butter knife. Kind of like slow, excruciating, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. Um, and I think that 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 uh, emotional phenomena is where I kind of got addicted to GTD, getting th mm. getting things done. Because I thought that the way that I could fix that the, I, I thought the problem must be organization. And if I have some sort of productivity system that I can overcome that with, then I can just fix that problem. So if I have the right tool, if I can find the right tool to apply to this uh, problem, then suddenly I'll be productive and I'll be able to work and it'll be all hunky-dory. Mm. And that was kind of my way into uh, reading... I, I think I've bought a dozen productivity apps over the course of the years, Mac apps, iPhone apps, Android apps. Um, and none of it worked until recently, which we'll get into in a moment. But would you say you had a similar journey or sort of what was your introduction to GTD? And My journey was a little bit different than yours. Um, so I don't know if you remember this, but I actually homeschooled in eighth grade. Um, and my stepmom was my teacher and my next door neighbor. I think the whole reason why I got into the, the homeschooling that year was because my best friend at the time was also uh, my next door neighbor and he was homeschooled. Um, so we got to like homeschool together. Our moms would teach a class to both of us uh, once a day and we'd, we'd have our own private classes. Um, but I think it was then that I le really learned um, how to cheat. Um, <laughs> Because my, like my stepmom for, I would take algebra, right? And my stepmom would leave the book with me that had the answers in the back. And, you know, obviously you can't get a hundred percent every time. So you gotta learn like, okay, I gotta miss a few this time. Gotta, um, and I, I think I really did myself a disservice. Of course I was an eighth grader. I didn't know better, um, yeah. to, to not be actually learning the material, but I learned like that there's a certain amount of work you can do to get by. Um, and so taking that into high school, I don't think I had a really positive relationship to homework. Um, yeah, lacked, the foundation. lacked the foundation. And like you, I would, it, I would like sit down and do, do homework and it would draw out because I just didn't want to do it. Um, and so like, I, I wouldn't say I was a, a good student. I, I got by, I passed, but, um, I think for me, passing was, was what I wanted. I didn't really want to put in all of that effort because I didn't see the value in it at the time. I, I had a very um, different uh, familial expectation uh, background uh, for uh, sure. Yeah. And, and it definitely instilled a, a sense of me of should. I should. I should be getting A's in everything. And the fact that mm. I'm not means there's something wrong with me. Oh, uh, yeah. That's hard. Yeah, good thing I've shed that. 
But yeah, 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 that's yeah, that's the that that was the joke I was reaching for. I would actually say I I didn't learn really how to work, how to work, uh, until I started the channel. You know, and I know that there are some some of the more cynical listeners listening to that going, "Oh, have you learned how to work?" Thinking about release dates and so forth. But in terms of like doing work that uh, delays gratification. I think that's the distinction between um, what we were talking about with Folsom's class, uh, graphic design, theater. There's always an instant gratification for me because I loved what I was doing. I loved the thing all the time. I loved learning lines. I loved being on stage. I loved the thing all the time. So it constantly kept me stimulated. There was sort of the dopamine response and so forth. But life doesn't really work that way. That thing that you're talking about, the 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 you can look up the answers in the back but the the work to actually learn the thing knowing how to do that work that delays gratification because the gratification is in knowing it is in having that it's yeah. not in getting the grade which it's is solving the problem it's in yeah it's in having that knowledge it's in having that information and seeing that information in the world and why it's important and so forth and learning how to do work that delayed gratification um didn't really come to me until I started doing research, writing for the channel, so forth. I mean, it's, yeah. a, lot, it's a lot of work to get the things done. But until then, I was trying all manner of GTD system. I think there's a lot more than than just like to productivity. There's a lot more to it that you have to get through. There's a lot of like the the personal things, like the hangups you might have with your parents. There's the delayed gratification that you're talking about. There is the idea of like you're saying, I should versus am doing. Um, there's just a whole bunch there. The idea of productivity is, is is not just this mathematical measurement of accomplishment, but yeah. yeah, it has a ton to do with your psychology and your motivations and um, all of that. And if you're not kind of aware of and dealing with those things, there isn't going to be the right tool, you know, because you don't know yourself enough to know the tool which i think is interesting because we uh now i think i feel like in the last year or two you and i have both found and settled on daily habits and routines that support us to get things done can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing well i got old so that's one thing <laughs> um what am i doing uh well i mean i think it depends on like what you're trying to get done. Um, for me, I've gone through, like you, I've gone through a lot of different systems. Um, and I don't think there's any one system that's perfect for everyone, right? It's like you kind of pick and choose what works for you. But um, for the longest time, I was trying to figure out how to get the like the core GTD process to work in a digital format using Todoist. Um, and I love Todoist. Um, but I find that it's harder for me to stay motivated to keep track of things on in a digital arena. Like it's much, so uh, maybe about a year ago, I started getting into, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, bullet journaling, thank you. <laughs> the bullet journal method. Um, and it, it too is very modifiable to, to what you need, but 
exactly. You've got a journal and you've got like different, pro I can go into the processes, but um, you're basically creating lists and you're putting in a process to, to review what you're trying to accomplish and letting go of the things that you think you want to do, but you just never do. Um, but the most important part of it for me has been the writing handwriting. Um, and I don't know if it's because I come from a design background or whatever that just helps me process and retain information much, much better. And it's, uh, it's also easier. I don't have to go to my laptop, open it up, find the program, go to, like find which bucket to organize. Like I just write it down. Um, and, and it's been great. All right. We're back. Quick break. Uh, as we said, city noise is constant and ever present. It's a part, of, it. it's a part yeah. of life in the city. So, uh, we've made, made a couple of minor adjustments. So, um, I think everyone, um, or, or the people who are interested probably have an idea of what I do on a daily basis. If you want me to go through that, uh, go ahead and uh, leave a note in the comments. But the thing I, I started thinking about is that, to me, the real superpower, if I could choose a superpower to have, uh, I think one of the greatest superpowers on Earth would be the ability to form a habit like that. That wasn't much of a snap. There we go. So uh, to say, I'm going to learn a language and then just be able to sit down and start learning a language every single day and putting in the time and having the focus and getting the thing done. Um, everything is unlocked through habit and repetition. In my mind, you know, there's something to be said when it comes to athletic achievement, of course, with um, physical ta talent and endowment and so forth. But beyond that, I think that that once you get to our age <laughs> where the um I, I i would say the uh the metrics for success have been adjusted we're older than all of the sports stars uh we're we're at, clearly at this point probably not going to be rock stars you know so we we've eclipsed most of those arbitrary points where as young men, or I'll speak for myself, where as a young man, I was, I thought um, I could still be Michael Jordan or I could still be, you know, and then I get older than he was when he retired and I go, oh, well, I guess that's done. So now I remember, I remember having a conversation with you around the time when you were like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm never going to be a pro athlete. I'm never going to be a pro athlete. I knew I that I wasn't. That. I knew that I wasn't, but crossing the date where it was official was a thing. Where I was like, okay, the 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 possibilities um, uh, to certain aspects of certain windows of life close as time goes on. Yeah. Whether through because you're you're supposed to specialize, you're um, it is of use if you want to excel at one thing in particular to limit your focus rather than to be. I mean, perhaps you know, my twenties and thirties, I was very broad in uh, the the variety of things that I, I was trying to do. But the nice part about it now, I, I think, is I'm not going to be a rock star. So who cares if I suck at the guitar? If I want to learn the guitar, I'm going to learn the guitar because I want to learn the guitar, right? So it, it, I don't know if you've had a similar experience, but for me, hitting 40 or hitting 39.40, suddenly my my metrics for what success is are switching up. It's like the novel. One of my New Year's resolutions mm. this year is to write a novel. I have no interest in being a novelist. I don't care if it's a famous book and is out there and published and so forth. I want to write a novel because I want to write a novel. 
because I that's my yeah. that's my Everest. That's one of those things um, that I want well, to be done. I don't think there's anything wrong though with wanting to be a novelist to be famous. No, not at all. Money, like if that's if that's your goal, that's your goal. But um, that's think, just. I'm I'm just saying that's a that's a that's a very high bar. It's a high bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a high bar. Um, I think when uh, like part of this transition is the origins of when you're in high school and you're approaching the end of your fourth year in high school and your parents and your uh, and the faculty are pretty much encouraging you to decide what do you want to do with the rest of your life. You can yeah. do anything <laughs> because you have so much possibility, right? But how the um, hell are you supposed to know with... Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, the accrued life don't. experience. Exactly. Most people don't know unless their parents have groomed them for a specific thing or introduced them to a specific thing. Or they got lucky. Uh, or they got lucky. Yeah. And so most of us end up choosing. And then you choose that thing and you continue in your life and figuring things out. And like you said, along the way, you start to realize that opportunities start falling away or move out of reach partially because you're getting older or sometimes by choosing one path you're letting go of another and you like they don't prepare you for that no they don't tell you you're gonna have to <laughs> let go of a lot of possibility um well I, I i mean not to be overly philosophical about it but i think that that partly our culture is predicated on you know capitalism and commercialism and what sells and the idea of possibility going away is a hard thing to commodify it's a hard thing to to write inspiring stories about or action movies or any you know anything like that there's kind of a melancholy that just comes along with it from a certain perspective you know from a certain perspective yeah yeah but on the other hand uh like i love uh later age success stories like uh, yes, there's I don't always know why those. Paula Dean comes to mind, but uh, you know, <laughs> Paula Dean, for for whatever you know, it's worth, didn't become famous until she was in her fifties, or yeah, I think it was her fifties, um, or George Clooney, for example, right? And so it's like yeah, uh, uh, Norman McLean wrote A River Runs Through It in his eighties, seventies. So, yeah, yeah. So I think it's like it, it's a balance of recognizing when like certain things you have to let go of and then also recognizing like it's never too late. Like Absolutely. something is just never too late. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I'm writing the novel is, yeah. you know, but I think that, that um, understanding your own metrics for success and being able to manage them um, opens up, mm. uh, opens up the ability to actually do things. Um, that's a good one. You because know, a lot of, Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I'd say the third the third key part of this is both asking and defining what is success. Right. Um, I'll give because, you I'll give you another example too. Yeah. Uh I I talk somewhat about online dating. People don't want to hear uh too much about the the online dating. Yeah, we aspect. do. No, 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 you don't. Well, I don't want to talk about it. But anyway, the um, that's the accountability uh, accountability part of it. But it, but um, one of the I think the keys when it comes to online dating, or I think something that can be intimidating for people, and you, um, I would say, taught me whatever I know about uh, a healthy, positive approach uh, when it comes to to online dating. But mm. 
one of the things... And did you listen? No, no, not at all. I try and avoid it on a regular basis. (laughs) One of the keys is um, you're not looking for a boyfriend or you're not looking for a girlfriend. That's not what you're doing when you sit down an online date. Or a life partner. Right. You're looking to have a conversation. You're looking to to, uh, initiate a response from another human being and stimulate a possible conversation, and maybe there will be chemistry, and maybe there will be coffee. You just want to get to know someone. Right, yeah. The, yeah. Um, uh, but early on, especially when I first started, I think uh, a lot of people have that experience where they fall in love with a profile. Mm. Um, you know, you, 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 you find yourself fantasizing about yeah. one individual profile. Oh my God, they're perfect. She's perfect. <laughs> you know, and then they don't respond and you spiral if you're anything like me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's not the gauntlet that you're running when it comes to online dating. It's messages. It's, you know, um, uh, just looking to make a connection. So where are we with that? That was uh, and you said you were gonna. You success. said you say, say what? You started talking about success, and then launched into. Oh um, yeah, uh, uh, limiting met- metrics for success, and I interrupted you. Do you remember what I interrupted you? Uh, yeah. So for me, the whole success thing, uh, like, really got challenged. Actually, I think it was a YouTube video I'd I'd watched around. Um, Might have been uh, School of Life, but around success and career and and this like antiquated concept that a lot of us still have that at a certain point you will reach this this status of successful um and it's an illusion right there is no such thing there are accomplishments accomplishments and you can achieve what you want to achieve but this, this idea of success is so elusive that i think uh, when you get to our age people become very disillusioned they find out they're like wait a minute i've been working all these years for this idea of success and I still don't feel it. I still feel like an imposter. I still feel inadequate. I think that's the um, Alan Watts talk. Uh, Maybe it was the Alan the, Watts one. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the, um, yeah, there, you're, the, the, there is no, I mean, it's something I've talked a lot about philosophically on the channel, the idea of we never arrive. We're never finished. There is yeah. only real one, really one ending. The rock never stays at the top. We're using the Sisyphus uh, mm-hmm. metaphor, um, and spending your life looking to cross that line, as opposed to seeking rich experience, um, can lead to disappointment. Uh, I, <laughs> I suppose. Um, so let me see if I can bring us back. The um, I was talking about how I, I believe that the uh, uh, if there were a superpower, it would be the ability to form a habit. And to that end, I started thinking about doing a... We had had some success with the fitness thing, but we were doing that for six months. I thought, what if we just try something for 30 days? Um, it, to some degree, it al- in my mind, it almost doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Um but the idea is the exercise of doing something on a daily, weekly, uh, semi-weekly kind of basis to just build the muscle of creating habit, right? Um, so I brought this to you about five weeks ago, and you said yes. Why did you say yes? What was your interest in doing it? 
I mean, this is something that you and I have been doing off and on throughout the years. It's always <laughs> fun. It's always fun to do a challenge. Um, it's always fun to win. Um, I think right now it's especially interesting. It depends on the type of challenge. This one was physical, uh, partially. Partially. And, uh, <laughs> that, you know, that's something that, like, most people have just been interested in for forever like i always want to be in better shape but i almost never do the things to be in better shape yeah um so this was just like uh okay cool well we'll have some kind of accountability with each other and i mean i think that's 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 just one of the the benefits of lifetime friendships is yeah okay yeah. <laughs> like there's not really a reason it's just like, sure i'm down all right uh so the two we picked um the 100 push-up challenge and uh Five minute mantras per day. So I'm we'll, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we'll explain both of those in a minute. Uh, first, the push up challenge, 100 push up challenges, is old as the internet. It's a system for measuring where you're at now and scaling up your uh, push up totals gradually over the course of several weeks. Um, I think the inspiration for this one is relatively self evident. We both want to be swole. And mm-hmm. uh, we're men. Mm-hmm. We, we're never going to get away from that desire for the male power fantasy also lifting heavy things is kind of nice yeah and i don't know it's not necessarily about getting swole (laughs) well 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 i mean mean, would you turn it down if they were offering if it was a checkbox What are we what are we talking about here? Is it having bigger muscles? Yeah, sure, I'd like to have bigger muscles. Do I want to be like a weight lifter? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. Well, we weren't going to get there with push-ups anyway. Um, <laughs> so we both. Uh, one of the things about doing this that we've kind of discovered is like, you and I can get kind of bogged down in trying to agree on a certain set of rules. Yeah. And it must work this certain way. So something we've done differently this time was just like. Okay, you come up with the way you want to do it. I'll come up with the way I want to do it, and we'll make it work. The point is, and that's because I think the point is not the challenge itself, but to do the thing every day. And so if you're going to get a benefit out of it in a particular way that's different than mine, then you should do that. So we kind of went at this um, with two different approaches. What was your approach to the 100 push-up challenge? Oh, mine was... uh... I don't know why, but I got super geeky about tracking and data. And I <clears throat> I searched for like a, some existing spreadsheet out there that would help you track the push-ups for this program. And I found something that was really basic and it didn't work. And I ended up spending so much time building this. Oh, I know what it was. Um, I got tired of going back to the website to see how many push-ups I was supposed to do that day. Um, so I created this spreadsheet that had all of it in one place. Um, and I think it was actually that that helped me stick to it. That's the first time I've really gotten into data and tracking. I think that's always been your kind of, your thing. Yeah, which is funny because I did none of that this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I swapped roles. Yeah. Um, also, you did it uh, more legitimately. So I think the way you're supposed to do this is you take a – uh, you do an exhaustion test, and that sort of dictates the number your uh, the number of push-ups you're going to be doing during the week. And then at the end of the week, you take another exhaustion test, and that determines your next uh, set for the following week. For the most part. I, I didn't do that at all. Um, I have done this. We have tried this uh, in times past. I think it's been a decade since we tried doing this. 
And um, my experience with the exhaustion test is I have such tall man desk noodle arms that anything I tried, I was always at the bottom of the thing. And after doing the exhaustion test, I was physically incapable of the first day set of push-ups. And then I Mm. got dejected by the second or third day and quit. So for this, I just assumed I had the worst arms in the world. And I said, I'm just going to do the lowest uh, number. Also, um, I'm taller than you and uh, bigger than you. And so I I did need, uh, uh, I was talking about uh, circumference. So I did uh, knee down push-ups for this the entire time. We should clarify. You did um, sort of full-on legitimate um, normal planks yeah. right and i yeah. did i did knee down push-ups but um again we were just sort of like let's do whatever works for us individually it's whatever like honestly i'm glad that you modified it to make it work for you rather than just throwing it and saying like this doesn't work i'm, I'm not going to do it yeah because i think um, that's that's why we both found success with this so i installed an app that broke the push-ups up into i think it was five sets uh, over the course of the day, uh, the, when we started, I could do about 12. Hmm. Um, my last set, which was yesterday, I did 72. Um, what were your results over the course of time? Oh, well, uh, so I've been wondering why is this called the hundred pushup program? Because, um, depending on where you start, like how many you can do, uh, I thought the goal was like, yeah, I should be able to do, uh, hundred in a sitting. Um, and I am honestly, I did great. I think I did great. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you're great. I, <laughs> but I'm nowhere close to doing a hundred in one sitting, uh, consecutive. Yeah. Well, I was, but, I wasn't either, but I, but I 72 in a day is still a ton. No, it's, it's awesome. Um, I think my best day was like 175 in a day. Um, over the course of the last Four weeks, I've done close to seventeen hundred push-ups, um, a daily average. So, like, I, I did all this tracking. Um, but the day where I got one hundred seventy-five, like, that's way beyond a hundred. But they weren't consecutive. Like, I took some breaks in between those. Sure. I think, I think the goal of this is to eventually get to a hundred consecutive, which means you'd have to do this program more than once. Um, if you're in physical condition like us. Yes, it seems to me that there is an inevitable wall. There, so um, the the initial illusion, uh, I think, of the 100 push-up challenge is that it, it would somehow kind of like <clears throat> ideally kind of magically deliver you to the 100 consecutive push-ups if you just follow the program. But it seems to me there's an inevitable um, log jam uh, somewhere in the 100 push-up challenge for uh, everyone where they're going to be doing the same week over and over and over again until they build up the muscle necessary to do the exhaustion test properly and get to the next mm-hmm. week. Um, which, you know, once again, it, like the GTD idea and all of that, there's no magic. It's just uh, doing the work, and it's a particular kind of system that, works for some people as opposed to going to the gym and doing bench press and and so forth. I think the thing that works with this program though, and that works in GTD is that if you weren't able to do what you had set out to do that week, 
then you just move it to the next week. Yeah. You start over. Yeah. Um, I mean, I it's an approach. A, a good it, practice. It's yeah. a framework. It's a framework. And even going to the gym, I look at all of the equipment at the gym and I go, eh? But this is this is something that says, okay, here are the numbers. Here's the goals. Here's what you do if you don't meet them. Here's what you do if you do meet them. So it's a it's it's support. It's a form of support, certainly. Yeah. Um, and we have other uh, challenges on the list besides that one. Um, uh, fitness so, challenges on the list besides that one. Do you want to talk about the other challenge we did? So. The other, uh, I picked the hundred push-up challenge. The other challenge, mine, mine better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, what was the, what was the mantra challenge? I suggested that we do a mantra challenge, which was to you, you just you find a mantra or like some kind of self-affirmation. You could find it. You could write it. it. Doesn't matter what it was, but you say it to yourself three times in a row or five times in a row. Or for you, I think it was like during a 10 minute meditation. I no, I did five minutes of sitting still and doing nothing. And then, and eventually I changed that to stretching when I was sore mm. from all the push-ups. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so initially I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it at the same time. I'm going to mantra while I'm doing push-ups. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. So which, well, well, let's back up work. a second. So you picked, you, you picked the mantra challenge. Why? Where did this come from? What did you think uh, we were going to get out of it? What was the, so at the time, I think I was I was going through some shit. Uh, I I think I was feeling down on myself, um, feeling that imposter syndrome maybe, and sure. uh, I thought, you know, I need to stop talking to myself like this. I need to be more positive, and you know, like I'm, I don't mean like hand wavy positive. I just mean like talk kindly to myself and, yeah. and be positive and better self talk. So, Better self-talk. So I thought, okay, what better way than mantras? Like maybe, maybe it'll work. Maybe I'll start to believe the thing that I'm telling myself. Um, but uh, I just don't. <laughs> so, is there a distinction in your mind between a mantra and a daily affirmation? I think a mantra can be an affirmation. Okay. Um, I mean, what's uh, for for the audience? What specifically is a mantra in your mind? What were we trying to to do? So, well, a mantra, abstractly, a mantra is just something that you repeat several times um, and you, you put out there. So it could be uh, something that you want to say about life or, or whatever. But a mantra as a self, self-affirmation is something like, um, uh, I can't even remember what my self-affirmations were. I, uh, I wrote some down. I'm going to read some of mine in a minute. But uh, it's something like, um, I'm... I'm not an imposter. I'm, I am the judge of whether or not I'm good at something or, yeah. you know, just like anything like that. Or, um, the universe will send positive things my way. That one's a little hand wavy. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's like, what, things, what define hand wavy. Uh, just by saying the universe will send something your way. doesn't mean it's going to send something your way. Right. So, so this, this one was a big challenge for me personally, but I hope you feel like I uh, undertook it in good faith. Um, you put more effort into it than I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll talk about that in a minute. So uh, this one I really didn't want to do. I have, um, but I think that's part of the exercise, actually. I think that's part of the idea of these 30-day challenges yeah. is like to ex- extend your boundaries and extend your yourself um, as you can. 
so I have an allergy. Uh, we don't need to get into why, but I have an allergy to uh, new agey spiritual stuff. Um, it's one of the, you know, I, I, I've said on the podcast that I'm always trying to root out my own cynicism and negativity. I'm a recovering cynic. I was a cynic in my t- late 20s and early 30s, and I don't want to live that way. I want to be positive. I want to be um, putting good into the world. One of the areas where I know that is way behind is when it comes to my reaction to spirituality, specifically um, New Agey kind of stuff. And I'll talk about it in the future. But because of that, this reeked of kind of channeling and the secret and putting things into the universe to attract them to yourself and so forth, which is uh, which I really don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm combating my own negativity right now by not ranting. Um, yeah, but, but so that was your idea of what a mantra was. That was my, and some of them were that what you described mm. as as hand wavy. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Is like, I don't believe in magic. I absolutely don't believe in magic in any form, uh, religious, spiritual, new agey, or otherwise. Um, I believe uh, in poetry, but that's something different. Yeah. Um, so, but but I had to find a way into this. And so after doing it for the first day or two, I realized my way into it was um, I do believe in the value of meditation. <coughs> and most of the meditation that I'm familiar with is uh, breathing meditation, where you focus on your breathing or body scanning. Um, but it's anything to sort of keep you present and to let the thoughts go, not ride your anxieties or the the things that come up so on and so forth and i think that now more than ever that's in a very important muscle to build you know if you're someone who is anxious a lot you know meditation and the idea of being able to let your thoughts go and not ride them is important um and there's no there's nothing magic to it it's just um mastering your own mind that's now, pretty magical if you were if <laughs> if you <laughs> If you replace uh, thinking about your breathing and thinking about um, uh, doing a body scan with repeating a mantra, it's the same thing. You're still not writing thoughts. You're being present. You're thinking about one thing in particular. And my other um, approach to this was I do believe in the value of um, not a gratitude journal per se, but the I think what you were talking about is rewiring your brain you know Mm. um we're creatures of habit you build up pathways that the more you use a particular pathway in your mind the stronger that uh neurological connection gets and the easier it is for you to go there over and over including negativity so um there's this there's this thing called uh neuro-linguistic programming and typically we think about it in terms of influencing others um through words uh, and and there is some science behind it, but the idea of this was like kind of almost like programming yourself, right? Like yeah. maybe if I say this thing enough, that somehow I'll be able to program myself into a certain behavior, or a certain belief. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, uh, is the yeah. I think the more the the convention. So here were some of so so that was my my way of like, and I was very dutiful. Uh, for the first week, I was way better about the mantras, and then for the middle couple of weeks, I was doing them both at about the same pace, 
we were shoot, uh, shooting for seven days a week with the mantras and three days a week with um, the push-up challenge. Honestly, I'm I'm impressed by <laughs> how far you, you went with the mantras. Here are some of my mantras. Um, both good and bad. I, I'm not going to... Uh, oh, here we go. <clears throat> let's let's hear it in the radio voice. A river of compassion washes away my anger and replaces it with love. Oh, dude, I would pay you for that. <laughs> Maybe that's what we did wrong. What? Instead of saying the mantra, you should be listening to the mantra. Oh, so we read each other the mantra. Because, like, I could I could try and make your mantra believable, but I really struggled with my river of compassion. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what you said. Maybe it was just the way you said it. it just, I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I thought, that, now that one was, that one was okay. Two of these are okay. I'll, I'll read the other one that's okay first. Uh, oh, by the way, so my approach was I installed a mantra app that gave me a different mantra every day. So I didn't have to get the information in advance. I just opened the app, looked it up. And I liked kind of the spontaneity of it, the difference, discovering a new one each day. I didn't, it made me um, hate it less in advance because it was a surprise every time the thing mm. that I would have to be saying to myself. Um, here's another one. <laughs> I am finally trusting that everything is going to work out fine and I'm exactly where I need to be in my life. Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I think that that's perfectly <laughs> fine. Right? Repeating that to yourself on a regular basis, I, I could see the value. Right? Um, yeah. And then there was, yeah. I know the universe is sending me exactly what I need. All I need is to let go of any fear and doubt and allow my blessings to th flow exactly to me. That yeah, one's challenging. That, that one's not very good. <laughs> there was another one too about. Uh, <laughs> there was another one too about um, if I just keep a good heart, then I can make all of my dreams come true. I think I sent it to you, and I was I had just that night had a dream. That Pamela Anderson and I, '90s Pamela Anderson and I, were half brother, half sister, and attracted oh, to yeah. each other. But it was yeah. a, it was an evil love, and I was like, "What? What dreams are you talking about? <laughs> what dreams am I supposed to make? I do, there's no magic." <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so no, I get it, man. That's why I tried to find uh, stoic mantras or stoic. Uh, affirmations and it, it turns out that they're not great <laughs> they're not great do you have and none of them are coming to so what were your results no. uh results uh. of doing this did you ever sit down and do, just do it for five minutes the way i did it i think i think i did it like three maybe four times a couple <laughs> of times i did it while i was doing push-ups maybe once i sat on the couch and just chanted to myself um, but yeah, there's some kind of mental, emotional resistance to doing it, which is weird because it was my idea to begin with. Yeah. And I got um, into it <laughs> and you got into it. And I think I got to a different place too. Maybe they worked, but I got to a different place, a place where I was like, I don't need mantras. What are mantras for? It's bullshit. Well, um, the, 
So it sounds to me what might have been missing is to me, I just approached it that I was meditating for five minutes and meditating is something I would do anyway. Um, you had that kind of resistance to what is, what, what is this? Why am I doing it? This is dumb, you know, or whatever. And never over that, that hump. I think if it had just been meditate, sure. I would have been all in. Um, right. That was where I ended up with this one was, Mm -hmm. you know what? Uh, that was fine. You know, it would be better a gratitude journal and meditation. Yeah. You know, which was yeah, what I or, tried to make it anyway. Or Ian's pre-recorded mantras. Ian's pre-recorded mantras. Uh, we can make that a regular thing on the channel. I am finally trusting that everything is going to work out fine. And I'm exactly oh, yeah. where I need to be in my life. You got to make that like a <laughs> Patreon thing. <laughs> well, there, there's a Patreon reading thing. Uh, oh, um, the uh, the idea of naughty fanfic came up uh, mm. as potential readings. There's currently a um, there's a stipulation on the Patreon bonus for the readings that it has to be clean. And someone, oh. uh, I think it was uh, Sarah, said, "Well, what about for like thirty dollars? Then can it be dirty?" <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, if you could do it, I think it's a great idea. <sighs> so. Um, it sounds like mixed results. I, here's the thing. I really enjoyed, uh, any excuse that you and I, you and I talk every day anyway. Um, but any excuse that uh, you were just kind of constantly exploring that that's one of the characteristics of our friendship is we've always been kind of like, you want to try a new thing? Let's try a new thing. Like, uh, software and Folsom's class was all about figuring out what we could do new and pushing boundaries and so forth. And I feel like we've just sure. kind of carried that in our friendship, whether it's in relationships or, um, you know, just looking for new boundaries and, and experiences and so forth. And relationships. Some, you, some, some of us are, mean? some of us are blocked in other ways that we don't need to discuss <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Ian's trying his best to uh, steer me away from certain, yes, certain yes, topics. Yes, you so. know where all the bodies are buried. So we'll get we'll get there eventually. Uh, yeah, no, we won't. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna pick um, the. We made a list of how many do we have here? We have thirty-three new ideas. We're gonna pick two new ideas for next month. Oh, um, are you gonna keep doing mantras after now that we're done with them? Uh, is can I fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> what about push-ups? The push-ups. Push-ups, yeah. So um, I know we're we're gonna do this thing a little bit differently than each other. One of the things that I'm thinking is that I'm going to continue somehow the push-ups program, and anytime we add a physical activity challenge, I'm going to make it additive in a sustainable way. Okay. Um, so with the push-ups, I may still like I might restart the push-up program, um, or I might just like say screw it, I'm just gonna do X number of push-ups three times a week indefinitely. I've thought about um, restarting it um, and not doing knee down to see if I've made pr- enough progress that I could start building. Yeah. Because, you know, the angle does make a difference in the muscles that you're actually building. I know I've built muscle uh, from doing this. Um, but if I'm very honest with myself, I have too much on the burner. I'm not going to – I'm probably not going to do it beyond this week. Whatever we pick now, we're starting on Monday, um, and that'll likely be when this ends. The The one exception will be if one of the challenges we pick is not a physical challenge. 
then mm. I may keep the push-ups up just because I kind of there's something about it I kind of enjoy. It just kind I of like feels that. yeah. Um, and I work uh, in 20 and 25 minute palm sessions all day, and mm. doing a push-up set gives me something to do to get away from the computer for a minute and then come back and so forth. So I might keep it up on that basis. Definitely done with mantras. I'm trying to do meditation on a daily basis, um, which to me is was the value of that exercise as it was. And I'm just, yeah. I'm always trying to be more positive anyway. So the idea... You did a, I think you did a good job of taking something that was challenging and, and modifying it so that it worked for you. Well, you blew up the push-up challenge. So um, I think it was a success regardless. But again, yeah. that's what we were talking about is... Uh, success being a relative thing, not a statistical thing in, in this case. Yeah. Getting out of this what we want to. All right, so let's pick a new one. Um, we have 33 challenges here. We're going to do it with a random number generator. And... Um, do you want to read out what some of the challenges are? Well, we, you, you uh, pick two that you want to do. Actually, pick uh, one you, uh, you want to do that you're hoping we get. How did we do this last time we picked... Five that we wanted to do. Well, no, with, no I think we the have another thing. There's only one here that uh, is not here. I'm just going to delete it. Actually, um, every single one of these we both said we're willing to do. So willing uh, to do, and yeah. then the color coded ones were want to do. Yeah, right? but we've added 10, 15 more at the bottom. Yeah. So do you want to? How do you want to do this? Well, just pick one. Tell me one that you would love to do uh, that you think would be a fun 30 days. Oh, um, well, I don't know about fun, but I would like to continue the physical thing. So the 200 squats challenge sounds interesting to Works me. Works the same way as the push-ups, yeah. Works exactly the same way. I already have the spreadsheet, the framework. Um, it sounds, <laughs> you sounds like a spreadsheet. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you didn't know that? Uh, no, I should have figured. Um, oh, God, there's a lot of them here. So uh, let's see. Watch a TED Talk every day could be fun. Um, uh, do, 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 do. All right, pick one you absolutely are hoping we don't pick. Uh, there's one you added. Um, so quitting social media for 30 days, uh, not really into that. Um, I'll do it, but I'm not really into that. Um, well, there's another one I was just kind of meh. Um, oh yeah, I think it was the bucket list thing. Uh, brainstorm seven bucket list items a week, uh, every day for a month. Attempt one by the end of the month. Not that it doesn't sound great. <laughs> I, I would love for myself to be doing that. It'd be nice uh, to have a bucket list. It'd be nice to have a bucket list, but it also sounds very challenging. Uh, yeah, one's a, one that I would love to do other than meditation, which it would just give me a reason to do. Um, oh, I'd like that one too. Thing that I want to do on a daily. Um, a seven minute workout every day. Uh, I think it would be a little more balanced than just, um, um, you know, push ups or squats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I definitely don't want to do is get up at 7.30 in the morning every day. <laughs> get up by 7.30. By, out of bed by 7.30 what, in the morning What would day. make that more appealing to you? Like, what time would, would that actually work? No, I sh- uh, that's one I think I should do, but it's not one that oh. I, I'm excited about. 
Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and roll some new ones. It's 2 to 32 now. I got rid of uh, 10,000 steps. And the first one is <laughs> number 32. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is it? <laughs> okay, so uh, this one was one I put in there. It's kind of random. Uh, <laughs> one time a week, one time a week, translate a speech from a celebrity or a public servant into Old English iambic <laughs> Why? This is this is like a creativity exercise. Um, just to kind of get your brain thinking in a different way. Um, which will help you think about other things you're trying to do that are creative. Okay. Um, so, for example, like you could um, find find a speech that Trump made and uh, try and make it sound like something Richard the Third would say. Uh, it a... doesn't have to be long. It's just like one times a, one time a week. Just go through this creative exercise. I, I'm going to tell you, all of mine will be from movies or from Buffy. Uh... Sure. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Next, why not? Uh, rolling again. Challenge number twenty-two. Take a picture every day. Yeah. Okay. Easy enough. So I guess I'm doing push-ups for the rest of the month too. Easy enough. <laughs> Easy enough. Um. So I will probably post my uh pictures on Instagram. Um, that's, uh, to me, it's just putting it out there, something to do. And, uh, I would imagine I'm going to post the, uh, translated speech. I'm, I'm going to say by Friday, why don't we say that's the target for that? Every Friday have your, uh, translated speech done. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Those are weird. Uh, well, take a picture. It's pretty straightforward. I, I like it fine. Um, well, it's going to get weird. All right. Well, I'm excited. Uh, it's, it's, uh. Outside the comfort zone? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the picture one is relatively straightforward. We've tried that before. The thing about the picture one is one coming up with... Usually, uh, when we've done picture challenges, I think the last time we did them was like 15 years ago or 10 years ago. The first no, iPhone. We... Oh, no, the, it was the first, first challenge? Time, first time I moved back to Colorado. So it was like the iPhone 4, it might have been. The most recent The photo, photo challenge challenge yeah the most recent one we did was the uh step outside challenge i don't know if you remember that i don't remember that there's so many um <laughs> so this one was like uh, we were talking about the challenges with running and one of the one of the things that you fight against when you're getting ready to run is just putting on your shoes and stepping out the door oh so sending each other a picture is that why and we so, started doing that i yeah, totally forgot yeah. about that we would just send each other a picture of something outside. And I just... Just to prove... Oh, I do remember that. That was at the yeah. condo. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, that was good. And it, mine was... No, it was normally foot photos in front of something. Yeah. 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 It sounds That's weird. That's what it turned it, into. It, it just, I didn't mean it in a weird way. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I'll definitely do that on Instagram. And I'll give everyone my and Instagram Ian. info in the outro. Uh, and Ian, your foot photos. Say that again? What? Hey. What? Huh? <laughs> uh, oh, this has been fun. Did you have a good time? Yeah, yeah, this is good. No, I, I like it. Um, um, well, if he likes it enough, folks, Ryan will be back in five weeks, and we'll have another conversation about uh, the results, and we'll pick two more. Uh, Ryan, where can people follow you? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, on Instagram, I think, actually, let me pull it up, make sure I'm giving the correct, uh, <laughs> uh, where's my phone? You can tell I'm an expert at social media. Well, he is, uh, I'm an expert at vamping for time, which is what I'm doing right now with okay. my words. All right. So on Instagram, I'm <laughs> R Kirkman and, uh, uh, on Twitter, I'm at Ryan Kirkman. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, bud. And um, yeah, I'm, thanks for setting this up. I'm looking forward uh, to the next month. I'm looking forward to dominating you in this challenge. I'm looking forward to being dominated. Of of, of iambic pentameter. <laughs> <laughs> your iambic pentameter is going to kick my ass. All right, thanks, All right, man. All right, see ya. This week, due to the um, hangout last Saturday, it's a little bit of a short week for me. Tomorrow, I'll be live-tweeting Guys Will Be Guys on the uh, live-tweet Twitter account and starting the script process for that one. I'm also going to try and share my daily uh, pick on Instagram for the challenge that Ryan and I talked about. Uh, you can follow that at the Instagram account that I will link in the description because I don't remember the name of the account. And then I need to pick my iambic pentameter monologue to have done by Friday. Um, I'll probably share that on Twitter, which is at Ian Nitrum, my first and last name spelled backwards. And um, no Patreon hangouts this weekend, um, which means that this podcast will be back on Monday. Before I get into the fanfic, I just want to let you know I'm at Ian Nitram on Twitter and YouTube.com slash Passion of the Nerd. If you would like to support the channel and keep me flush in, let's say, clean socks and a new pair of glasses, since I need that, um, you can do so at Patreon.com slash Passion of the Nerd. With the $5 and up club, you get to join me in the Hangout. Uh, and the Hangout in a week, we will be discussing, I did not plan ahead on that one, the uh, two episodes after 5 by 5 One of them is New Moon Rising, and I don't remember the other one. Um, or you can also grab yourself something at passionofthenerd.com slash store. I really need to update that and add some new things. Um but we've got hoodies and shirts and hats and cups. You know the deal. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you may not realize this, but you can still support me for free by using your monthly Amazon Prime Twitch subscription at twitch.tv slash passion of the nerd, the passion of the nerd. Um, you know, if you're a Twitch user and you follow someone who actually uses Twitch on a regular basis, by all means, um, save it for them. They deserve it more. But um, if you're not and um, uh, you just like to help out, I, I would appreciate it. All right. Uh, let's get into Here is Gone. We are on Chapter 19. Links in the show notes to the previous chapter readings if you need to get caught up. Over the next several hours, Giles dragged the story out of him, ripping it out with endless questions until Spike finally gave over, too exhausted and raw to fight any longer. The details of events came out 
in all their sordid glory, and a few times Giles had to stop to get a stiff drink. Spike asked for some bourbon himself, but Giles refused on the account that it would mean him having to unchain Spike before interrogation was over. As the session wore down, Giles took another swig from the bottle and swallowed it down shakily. So, after you tried to rape Buffy, you left Sunnydale? Yeah. I heard about a demon shaman over in the Dark Continent. Granted wishes if you passed his tests. You passed, and wished to go back in time? Not exactly. You didn't pass. Oh, I passed, all right. If I hadn't, I'd be a pile of dust. Although there are times when I think I am, and this is just some twisted version of hell. I assure you this is not hell, unless, of course, we're in it together. Seen any demons with horns and a pitchfork lately? Can't say that I have, and I will not be distracted. You haven't answered my question. What question is that? If you didn't wish to come back in time, what did you wish for? Spike gave a deep sigh and looked away. My soul. Excuse me, did I just say you... Did I just hear you say you wished for a soul? Giles blurted. Yeah. You asked the demon to curse you? Spike's head shot up and his eyes flashed. Hell no! I earned this! Past that bloody pillock's trials, fair and square. The soul was my reward. So it's permanent. Damn straight it's permanent. Didn't get a little legion of scarabs play Pac-Man with my insides just to lose it on my first happy. Giles took another drink. Yes, well, thank you for that visual. No problem. Damn beetles pinch, by the way. I'm sure they do. So you have a soul? Spike frowned. Yeah, I'm all soulful. Just call me Peaches Jr. On the contrary, Angelus was cursed with his soul against his will. You, on the other hand, sought it out and accepted it willingly. That's quite remarkable for a demon we have believed to be incapable of higher motivations and emotions. Spike growled angrily. See, now that's where you're wrong. Demons can feel. We can love. We can do all of that. Just that some of us feel more than others. You wankers are all under the delusion that a vamp's just a demon inhabiting a borrowed body. But that isn't true. Everything I lived, everything I knew, everything I was, I still am. It's still here inside of me. I was passionate in life, and I'm passionate in death. I love, I hate, I care, I feel pain. He stopped, unable to go on for a moment. Giles waited him out. It wasn't the soul that went to Africa. It was the demon. It was the demon that sought and fought for the soul. The demon who loved Buffy. The demon who felt guilt over what he had done. And the demon who decided it was change or die. The demon did all of that. No soul required. Giles nodded, then rose to his feet. As I said, quite remarkable. He walked over to Spike, retrieving a key from his pocket, and unlocked the shackles. As Spike was rubbing his raw wrists, he handed the vampire the bottle of bourbon. Spike accepted and took a deep swig. Thanks, Watcher. Much obliged. Giles sat back down with a heavy sigh. So, now that we've had this chat, we must decide on a course of action. It's easy. We kill Ben. No. I refuse to believe that's our only option. Spike almost spit out his latest mouthful of liquor. What?! Are you completely knackered? Did you not just hear me tell you that Ben is glory? I heard you. But I also heard that he was pretty much an innocent in all of this. Bollocks! 
He knows full well any timeshares with the hell bitch, he yelled, standing up. Giles held up a hand for patience. I know, I know. And he took Dawn back to glory after she escaped. Yes, yes, I understand that. So what part of ripping his entrails out and stuffing them down his throat are you having trouble with? Giles turned green. Spike, you really need to learn to control that temper of yours. I'm not saying that we won't have to kill him, but I want to explore other options. A binding spell, for perhaps. Bind this, Rupert, Spike countered, giving him two fingers. The hell bitch has to die. Ergo, Ben has to die. I do it myself, but this little piece of government plastic in my head prevents me from hurting humans, even if they do turn into hell gods that want to kill the people I love. Giles punched Spike in the nose, sending the vampire back to the floor. Spike yelled and grabbed his face, but Giles' punch wasn't hard enough to break anything. Now that I have your attention, Giles said coolly as Spike glared at him, we will only kill Ben if that is our only option. Spike fumed, but looked away. Have it your way then, watcher. Giles reached down a hand to help Spike to his feet. Spike accepted and slumped back into the chair, jaw tight and angry. We both want the same thing, Spike. We want to protect Dawn and we want to save Buffy. The information you've given me may allow us to do that without any bloodshed at all. Can you blame me for wanting some time to explore all avenues? Giles said gently. Yeah, well, you best get cracking, because those things are going to start heating up pretty soon. Indeed, Giles agreed, and he sat down again. Spike grabbed the bourbon and drank deep. It's one more thing, Rupert, he said after a bit. Giles put his head in his hands. No more, please. I can't take more. It's important. Giles sighed and looked up. What? You didn't ask me about Soldier Boy. Ry Riley, I just assumed he was helping us with glory. Spike shook his head. Nope. Soldier Boy flies off to save the world after Buffy finds out about his uh, extra nocturnal activities. What do you mean? Captain Cardboard can't stand being just a normal boy with Slayer for a girlfriend. He's been walking a bit on the dark side, visiting bars and warehouses on the wrong side of town and paying vamp whores to bite him, Spike replied, smirking. Let old Rupert handle this one. And Giles gasped in shock. You can't be serious. Spike shrugged and took another drink. You take that truth spell off me yet? Giles sighed, defeated. No. Then you know I can't lie. He's been going at it night after he leaves Buffy. Last time around, yours truly was the one to give him away, but I think I'll let you have that honor this time. Giles put out a hand in askance for the bottle, and Spike gave it to him, feeling somewhat vindicated. It made him evil, wanting a little payback for what had been done to him, and he gave a little mirthless grin. You know, Rupert... I'm glad we had this talk. I mean, I did fight you fist and fang, but you bested me by cheating, I might add, and forced me to give over. But now that I have, I feel as if this great weight has been lifted off my shoulders because I'm not alone with it anymore. Seeing Rupert's glazed expression made him want to twist the knife just a little bit more. Thank you, Rupert, for being strong enough to do what you had to do. Took a lot of balls. But then I always knew you had it in you, didn't you, Ripper? Giles looked at him dazedly and shook his head at the smiling vampire. 
I'm glad one of us feels better, he said, taking a swig from the bottle. Oh, right, my friends. That's all I've got for you today. I'll be back with you next Monday. Um, as I said, if you want, you can follow on Twitter, Instagram. Um, yeah. Have a good week. Please, if you can, try and take it easy and take care of yourselves.